On this episode of Documental, I'm speaking with Steph David, an intellectual in the field of fitness and nutrition. Steph, thanks so much for coming on. Having me. So the pleasure's all mine. I figured we could start this interview with um, a very particular question. What is missing in the field of fitness and nutrition in your eyes? A continuum. A very specific continuum. Um, I think right now what's being put out there is a lot of different truths for a lot of very specific people or um, categories, but no one's organizing them. And, and the work of the person, the audience, is like we assume that people have the skills to organize that information. So, you know, in my opinion, you could be healthy, like physically healthy and not well, mentally well. You could be fit and not healthy. You just, you can have amazing genes that can metabolize anything, right? And then you could be well, you could be physically ill, but completely well, dealing with the disease or the disorder, you know, amazing. And so that's the part where I believe like regular people understand that it's just we don't know, I think if we don't know how to do mental laundry, you know, what's the colors, what's the whites, what's the jeans, what's the thickness. And unfortunately, you have to go to a variety of schools to become that literate. Okay, so someone has to, in your eyes, and tell me if I'm wrong here, has to take on a more holistic approach to health. We have to understand the different components and how they relate to one another. Is that correct? Yes. And, and more so like, so my master's is in creativity theory. I'm, I'm most obsessed with mind mapping. So like my whole thing with, with my nutrition coaching is if I can understand how my client thinks, then I can think, I can identify their, their errors and we can rewrite them. And then we can think, I can identify their, their like successful, successful things that they do and we keep on going. And so when, when we talk about like what's missing is, I guess, I mean, let's just use a metaphor, like marketing does this, like, you know, eat this, not that, train this, try and that. But the like invisibleness is like this giant hand and there's a spectrum of, there's this continuum of like, well, this is too much. This is too little. Um, this is when to scale back. This is when to keep on going. This is how long you do it for. And, and a lot of people think that's like opinion, like, oh, that depends on the opinion of a coach. Y yes, to, to some degree, if you're maybe a competitive bodybuilder, but in terms of health, no, there are, there are generic baseline standards. And I would even argue, you know, how we have a car, like most people don't really know beyond like turning the car on, locking the door and putting gas. We don't know much about our car. <laughs> True. I mean, and I'm included. I'm like don't know I press the button I'm a Prius um, I don't even know how it works straight up yeah. but, but all cars have this dashboard and the dashboard tells us oh we need gas we're going too fast we're going too slow check engine light and because the dashboard is in our face all the time we don't really worry how illiterate we are using the car and we just don't have that universally for our health and fitness and nutrition regimen. Yeah, until the car, you know, breaks down and yes. we're in a very bad position and the same goes for the body, would you agree? Yes, exactly. Okay, so this is interesting. You said mind map. 
should somebody either on their own or with their coach sit down and really mind map, which is kind of like presenting all the possibilities for your, for optimal health, right? Do they actually write it out? Are they just putting in their head? How do you actually create that? What's the process? Um, I have a like so usually because I've been a teacher for a long time, I do interview my potential clients. Some people are just they're not good fits for me. So if you don't want to understand your thinking and if you don't want to track, we're not. It's not a good cup of tea. Um, that's one part. Second is they do a survey and. Um, after they fill out the survey, I actually map their answers in a visual setting. And then they have the ability to say, you know what stuff, spot on, or I've never seen it that way, or that's incorrect. But a lot of it is, I feel like a lot of nutrition programs force people to adopt their values versus the other way around. If you look around the world, there are so many dietary theories, whether we even call it dietary theory. Around the world, people are eating whenever and they're doing a little better, if not a lot better, depending on what country. Um, I just feel like we should, like, th that's kind of my way of being like, let's start from you, and, and you're a good enough starting point. Which, you know, in the adult world, we have egos, we have to massage the egos. Food is a pretty traumatizing place, and so, like I said, it's not always a good starting place for everyone, but for a lot of people, they've already, They've been there, done that. They've changed, they've rearranged their whole life for paleo, for keto, for intermittent fasting. And some, it totally works. It's a nice gateway dietary theory to another lifestyle. But a lot of other people just feel like failures. It's an e a unique approach uh, that you take stuff. I haven't heard this before. And I talk to a lot of individuals in this space. So um, it seems like you're ahead of the curve, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, and I think clients would appreciate that because while we are surrounded with a lot of information, it could be uh, inherently biased and not personalized to the individual. So to kind of take that information and put it in a visual, um, I don't know, diagram or however you see it, it, it shows a sense of care and, and um, a true service to the client that I think will become an, a, a trend in the years to come with all the specific information that we're getting. So. Um, good for you for doing that. I really uh, admire that. So what is, in your eyes, a challenge uh, in this area? So th these are the good things where we can, we were finding solutions, right? What is the challenge right now? Right now is, so I work in small groups. Um, I don't, I, speaking to the masses is dangerous. Generic information is dangerous because you will get your intellects, who will take that information, adopt it, or prescribe it, or recommend it. And so initially, I'll just my little background, prior to this health and fitness, I was a literacy teacher. And so, you know, teaching a, a, an adult or a child to improperly write a paragraph, not super dangerous. They just, you know, there's grammatical errors. But when you teach someone um, uh, incomplete perspective on the ability to process nutrition information that's dangerous because their body's going to evolve right so how do you teach nutrition in an evolving analytical way where they have the skills to continue one when you're not working with them anymore two when their body changes in 10 15 years right and then three because we're such communal people how do you give them the skills to rearticulate that information to to give it to somebody else 
but taking into context their life, right? Like my, so my, my business model is I don't just work with clients. I work with like my, my price point for my coaching is per household. And so I have couples, I have families. Um, I have moms who are like, can you please teach my kids to cook? It would just be so helpful because I have three jobs. Right. And then you have your millennials who are taking care of their parents, who their parents are in the generation of my doctor says, take this medication. I'm just going to take it. And they want to cook for mom and dad who's suffering with diabetes, obesity, gout, hypertension, you name it. So it's just, you know, that's, these, the, like the, the constant is the evolution of people working with different people, but yet the marketing we have for nutrition is still singular you know, here's the butt workout, <laughs> you right. know, the here's- with caps, all capitals. <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> yeah, it's done. It's a done deal. Right. Or here's, you know, like what the problem I get all the time is a lot of my clients can't stand the pre prepped meal containers. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just because in, in a communal cultural household, if you put Tupperwares in the refrigerator, though, like that's for everyone. There's no like mine, you know? Mm-hmm. And so for the most part, like how do people batch cook and memorize portions so that they can set aside some for themselves, for their partner, for grandma, grandpa, like to me, that's just a lot more realistic. And this is why people are failing, not because they're failures, but because they're choosing options that are singular, but that's 99.9% of the options are singular dietary options for the single person or even for the couple. Wow, that is so interesting. (laughs) One thing that we should definitely highlight here is the ability to cook. I mean, Mm. we have so many things done for us today and we're always eating out and we don't have control over these ingredients, right? But there's a sense of power and a lot of transferable skills actually in cooking. You learn patience and you learn uh, process-oriented thinking. You know, there's so many benefits to just taking on on your own how have you seen the art of cooking in your in your work with clients do you teach them what do you promote in your programs um so one thing that i promote in my programs is efficiency in the kitchen so at one point i was working two full-time jobs two part-time jobs i have 34 food allergies um i could not afford to get sick for these jobs so i was a teacher a waitress a tutor and i made jewelry um i was in a really financially difficult time in my life um and because i couldn't afford to get sick i meal prepped for that entire week Mm. and by default i got extremely efficient in the kitchen there is just when you have no choice sometimes no choice is the best choice that's that's honestly that's the only way that i learned um and it went on for about two years and um, two years yeah so two years of just and and each time i found myself getting bored i basically made myself master a new appliance right (laughs) that's the other thing it's like okay for these next eight weeks i'm going to master the stove i'm going to meal prep just on the stove and then it was like let me meal prep on the stove in the crock pot and then stove in the air fryer but like going you know going back to your thing I would say, um, going, always coming from an academic standpoint, I like to inventory where my students allow themselves to fail. So it's interesting. In the gym, it's okay to fail. Like, it's okay if you try and lift, you know, 
a 12 pound dumbbell and then you try and do a 20 and then you put it back, no big deal. Um, I wanted the kitchen to be that place. That was the place for me as well. It's like you spill something, it's no big deal. Like you just pick it up. Um, but, and then, you know, juxtaposed to when you surprise yourself in the gym, it becomes a complete, you become a different person. Yeah. Same thing in the kitchen. When you are literate in the kitchen and you know portions for you or other people, it's a whole nother world. Cause then you're not, it's not a hassle and it's not inconvenient and it's not, not worth it. And then, and then those convenient options, right? Once you turn your kitchen into McDonald's, then McDonald's doesn't become that necessary or convenient. Yeah, right, right. And also cooking can be a lot of fun. It can be. Yeah, it's interesting. I found more, it's 50-50 right now for my clients. Some people are just like, let me just learn how to do this. And other people, um, and it's hard. I live in Hawaii, so we have two grocery stores, one hardware store. We live in, I don't know. <laughs> wow. Um, but I, I do empathize, like sometimes I'm underwhelmed with options, but I empathize with that person who's overwhelmed. Okay. Yeah, interesting perspective. Right, especially for the professions, like a lot of realtors, um, who else? They're, they're, I, I just believe for a lot of professions, like it's like golf, like eating is the networking. Mm -hmm. And so I have a little trifecta. I always like argue that the, the game is timing, quality, or portions. Okay. And so if you can't control one, then you, get, you have to get good at one. If you can do all three, you've like, you're the master. But uh -huh. if you can't control one, you have to get good at the two. So like my nurses, 12-hour shifts, no, you're not going to control timing. No, it's never, you're going to lose every single time. Realtor, mm -hmm. you're not going to control timing. You're going to lose. Wedding plan planner, same thing. So that means you have to control quality or portions. But right. because people don't think that way, then it's constantly like all or nothing. Yeah, I'm trying to do too much too. Mm -hmm. uh, it's funny the timing issue i'm just coming to mind now is like a slow cooker has been a game changer of my life <laughs> it's yeah. amazing so i all the listeners out there take advantage of that thing or the instant pot that's a really good one too no i mean you if you think about it like you know one thing is we have technology that works for us when we don't want to work we have timers mm -hmm. we have slow cookers so i mean if if people were just more like slow cookers the world would change you just <laughs> work quietly, take, you know, go make any, <laughs> and then every time you open the crock pot, it's beautiful because of the slow yeah. stuff. It's a work of art. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh man, this has been a great episode. Uh, Steph, just to close, do you want to give listeners a brief introduction? Yes. Uh, my name is Steph David. I, um, I am an intellect nerdy, um, woman who hosts an online nutrition webinar um, that kind of blends what I've learned from being a mom, a bodybuilder, a literacy teacher, and I just try and make nutrition um, doable for everyone because we have to do very little things in the world. We have to pee, poop, and eat, and so we are not going to waste our time learning more about eating. Everything else is just extra. Oh, and love. We do have to love. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Steph, this has been an awesome interview, and I can't thank you enough. I'm glad we connected. Thank you. All right, we'll keep in touch. Okay, bye.